Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Pour yourself a cold one. They struck him, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast Presented, of course, by DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. Check me out, please, on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Trying to grow the Twitter, the Facebook.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Need some more YouTube subscribers. You will love watching these shows on video. YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And then the podcast handle, of course, at Ross Tucker Pod. And we're talking about something today that I might actually know a little bit about. Offensive line play in the NFL. Finally, the glory position. The athletes. The best guys out there. The studs. And we'll also see what a running back like Emery has to say about them. At F-Ball Game Plan is how you find my guy Emery Hunt, who's everywhere at all times. He's football game plan on YouTube. Footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. If you didn't get it, I don't know what you're doing. Listen, here's what I'll tell you about the draft guide. The first time I tried to download it, it was like, no, can't work. Like, it is a beast. It is, I mean, how many people, how many names? A thousand, Emery? Over a thousand. I would say about a thousand, fifteen thousand, ten. The largest draft guide in draft guide history. Think about that. The single largest draft guide in draft guide history. Over a thousand guys. That is absolutely awesome. Almost as awesome, Emery, as talking about offensive linemen. Uh, There's a lot to get into here. I should mention, by the way, that Mother's Day will be here before you know it. Myfrontpagestory.com. Just go to myfrontpagestory.com. It is by far the best Mother's Day gift. It'll be here before you know it. You get a story written about your mom or your wife, if you want, whoever, any mother in your life, they will cry. When when they see what you say about them with the quotes that you give the writer, they will cry. Myfrontpagestory.com. All right. A lot of talk, Emery, about who the best offensive tackle is in this draft. So let's get into it. In your mind, who is the best offensive tackle and why? Ikem Aquanu out of NC State. And again, when you and we always joke about this, but this is how I think. When you, when you see somebody's name get talked about a lot or they get put first in mock drafts on draft Twitter, you are automatically think like, all right, when I get to watch this guy, this guy's probably going to be, you know, whack. But when I finally got to watch him, I was like, all right, this dude legitimately vacates space. And it's it's almost like when you're watching those little uh those clips that people post from time to time on, on on Twitter, where it's the oversized kid, you know, in park ball and little league, 
that's blocking this, you know, this normal size six-year-old, and this dude is the size of a ninth grader. That's what it looks like out there. He's in the ACC when he's out there running on the perimeter. He's legitimately exploding guys out of the area. Uh, so he is a tremendous blocker, and it was consistent on tape. So for me, he was someone that can do it well on both ends of offense as a as a run blocker and also as a pass protector. I know other guys have issues, uh, let's say, in the run game. Let's say when you talk about a Charles Cross, right? People say, well, he doesn't have a lot of experience in the run game. But someone like Aquanu has that experience on both sides, and he does it at a, an elite level. To me, he's the clear-cut uh, OT1 in his class. Any concern about his height, length, and offensive tackle? You don't see a lot of offensive tackles 6-4 get drafted as high as we expect them to get drafted. Usually they're more 6-6, Are you concerned at all about the height? Not overly concerned because here's the thing. With the way folks talk about the offensive line and how – you know, you have to invest in the offensive line. I totally agree with that. So even if I get him in the building and we say, hey, let's probably try him out at guard, as long as I have the talent in the building, I'm good because this dude can block his you-know-what off. And so whether it's at tackle, whether it's at guard, I want the talent in the building on my offensive line. He makes my offensive line better. So here's my opinion on that. Um, give him a chance. You know, I, like I think at times we get too caught up in measurables and numbers. Like people forget, yeah, Joe Thomas was tall, but Joe Thomas has short arms. And it didn't seem to ever really bother him. I played with a guy that got a huge second contract. He still owes me a four-wheeler that he told me he was going to get me if he got a big second contract. Jonas Jennings was the left tackle in Buffalo. You know, his contract year, I was the left guard next to him. He's 6'3". I mean, he's 6'3", and he played left tackle fine because he had really nice feet and he had terrific power. I mean, he was just country strong, as they used to say. Actually reminds me a little bit of Aquanu. I think Aquanu is better. You know, even Isaiah Wynn. You know, it was only six two and a half, six three. Patriots drafted him in the first round, and it hasn't been his performance. It's been more the injuries. Just hasn't been able to stay healthy for the Patriots. Uh, my thoughts on him is: I'd like to see him a tackle. I think he can get it done and play at a high level there. I think six four is plenty tall enough. But if it doesn't go well, if if the length is an issue. I think you slide him inside, and he's Zach Martin. He's Brandon Sheriff. I mean, he, he's a perennial Pro Bowl caliber offensive guard. You know, it's hard to get away from Emory. He looks like a guard. I mean, he just right. – his body type. He is a physical, powerful guy. Usually tackles a little bit longer, leaner. His body type looks more like an inside guy. I think he's smart enough and long enough with his arm length and has good enough feet to play tackle. Um, but I, I think worst-case scenario, you're talking about a guy that can become like a Pro Bowl guard, which, you know, as there's more and more good interior rushers, is very valuable. Yeah, and here's the thing too, man. When, when we look at these tackles, 
how well can they anchor? Because a lot of times when guys are struggling to reset their hands is because they can't anchor. And a lot of times it's the short arms that tend to, you know, impede these guys from trying to reset and regain control of the rep. But he is fantastic with an anchor. So you're not going to bull rush him if you have longer arms. So he knows how to withstand that, uh, that initial blow. And then he's able to redirect. So to your point, he knows how to play at 6'4". He knows how to play with his length. And, and that's something that people have to also take into account. It's like when we talk about the short player. Oh, well, he's uh, the sh- small running back. Oh, he's short. He's small. He's going to get swallowed. Like, man, he's been short and small his whole life. I think he knows how to uh, avoid the catastrophic hits. You know, so we have to give them credit for playing, uh, especially at the power five level at his size and his length. So, obviously, you have him ranked ahead of Evan Neal and Charles Cross. What did you think of Evan Neal from Alabama, Emory? Neal is someone that that that's solid. I think, and this is a, a situation where, first, it was everyone talked about Evan Neal and just threw him out there. And I, I'll pull up one of the things that I have about Neal's game. Like, his balance can be a little bit off, you know. So, I think he tends to to whip on some blocks. You don't see that level of inconsistency in that regard from a Charles Cross or uh, a Quano. And I'm speaking of Neil as my number three tackle with an 82 grade as opposed to 87. But when you talk about in regards to Charles Cross, he's four points behind Cross. So he's still a Pro Bowl type talent, but there are some inconsistencies in, in within his game that I think people wanted to ignore because you see, you, it's almost like you rubber stamp the prospect based off the uniform, Alabama offensive lineman, he's big, number one. But then when you break him down, as we do in these processes, um, you tend to see where, okay, he has some areas to work on. But I will give him this. I was blown away that this dude measured in at 337 uh, when I saw him at the combine because he is the leanest 337-pound tackle I have ever seen. Yeah, he looks great. Uh, there's no question about that. By the way, um, I said this on the Ross Tucker football podcast a few weeks ago when I was checking out some of the offensive linemen. I was watching Charles Cross, and I'll get to Evan Neal in a little bit, but I was watching Charles Cross. I watched Mississippi State against Alabama. Emory, I couldn't even watch Charles Cross. Every play, Will Anderson was killing people. Killing the right tackle. He was in the backfield every play. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It is criminal that that kid is not allowed to be in this draft. He is unreal. You know, you do this all the time. You ranked over a 1,000 players in your draft guide, which hopefully everybody watching or listening already has. Footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. But you know what's like, Emery. When you're trying to watch one guy and somebody else just keeps popping, like that is when you know that you got something special. Yeah. And when you're watching, you know, uh, anybody on Alabama's defense, Anderson is the one that pops consistently. And I saw this happen uh, a couple times with, with different teams, you know. So let's say when I'm watching Georgia and I'm watching Nicobe Dean, but man, I can't get I can't get past Tyndall's, you know, Channing Tyndall's explosiveness. Like, yo, he's a lot faster, more explosive than Dean. And I'm supposed to be watching Dean, but I keep I'm gonna get to Tyndall, but 
man. And also, like, I remember watching uh, Max Mitchell, the offensive tackle for University of, the University of Louisiana, uh, the number one university in the state of Louisiana, one of the best football programs this year, state national champions uh, in, in the state of Louisiana. But watching uh, the linebacker for App State, it was like, yo, am I, is something wrong with my film? Because I feel like he's running, you know, four times faster than the speed. It, but that's just how explosive and how fast it is. I want to say it's DeMarco Jackson uh, for App State, who's at the Senior Bowl. But I'm watching Max Mitchell block, but I keep noticing, you know, Jackson on the other side. I'm like, my goodness, I can't wait to watch this dude. Uh, but you're right. Sometimes guys just kind of stand out. And you see that a lot in high school, too, when a scout goes to scout the one player, but his teammate steals the show and ends up usurping the guy that they came to watch and ended up offering him. So it, it happens a lot. Yeah, I, I like Devin Neal. Um, trying to remember, I think I watched him in the SEC championship game against Georgia. I like Devin Neal. Um, extraordinary size and length and uses it well. He's not, it doesn't have like awesome feet. You know, he's not um, Walter Jones or Chris Samuels or some of these guys with really awesome feet. He's got good feet, but what he, I thought he did a nice job with his hands. And I thought his comment, and he's smart. You know, when there were twists running, he knew what was coming. I thought his combo of size, hands, and good enough athleticism was really impressive. To me, it, he's sort of a safer pick than Aquanu as a tackle. You know, I'd be very surprised if Evan Neal isn't a solid starter for a long time. I guess the question is whether or not he becomes a pro bowler or whether or not he's sort of like a difference-making player. Like, I think Iquanu has the physicality to actually be a difference-making player. The question is whether or not that ends up happening at tackle. What did you think? You obviously have crossed way ahead of Evan Neal, Emery. Yeah, because, again, we know it's a quote-unquote passing league, right? Guess who has the most reps in terms of pass pro? Charles freaking Cross because of that offense they play at Mississippi State. So watching him just play the piano, like you talk about pick up stunts and, and pass guys off, not – you know, shocked by uh, speed guys. He's able to get a wrangle on them. And a lot of the speed guys he faced, he actually handled them pretty well. And so I'm like, all right, so this guy can definitely do it. Um, the run game is obviously something that he's going to have to get accustomed to. But let's say if you're a team that's that's specific on what you want, and it's not like he doesn't know how to run block. You know, let's, let's just get that out the way. They, it's not like they pr- don't practice running plays at Mississippi State or they don't run the football at Mississippi State, he just has more experience, um, practical experience in game, in, in pass pro. And so that that nuance, that savvy, uh, and that ability is something that you just couldn't ignore. And, I mean, just getting a lot of reps at it. That's why you're so good on YouTube because you got so much reps at these videos. You know what I'm saying? And so it just naturally yields itself to you being ready to step in and be on camera and be the next John Madden in terms of calling games. So when you look at Cross, the pass pro, ready to transition, step in right away. If if I'm Cincinnati, that that would be the guy that I would probably want to grab. And, and Grant, he's going to go top five. So he's way out of Cincinnati's range. For someone like Cincinnati, Cross would be the one that I would want to step in right away and be that blindside protector. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm not so sure about him. Um, I again, I was watching him against Alabama. I thought he had good feet. I guess I had heard everybody talking about how great of a pass blocker he was. I, don't know, I guess I was expecting a little bit more. Um, and that's the thing that's tough about scouting is you're looking at him against certain competition. Um, I think he's got good feet. I think he's got good length. I think he uses his hands pretty well. I was looking for a little bit more physicality, but then that's my bias, right? Like that's that's what I like in offensive linemen. Um, speaking of physicality, uh, before we get to the inside guys, I did want to get your thoughts since I know you're always all over the small school guys, uh, which I hate. I hate that term, by the way. Lower. I hate any of those terms. I don't even know what to say. The the guys that are not power five. Let's put it that way. Um, curious to get your thoughts on who you like better between Raymond and Penning, Bernard Raymond from Central Michigan and Trevor Penning from Northern Iowa. I like Raymond a little bit better because he has the upside. You know, he's still a neophyte in terms of playing the position. So you have some growth opportunities there. Uh, Penning is probably more ready to, to step in and play right now. Uh, but if you want, if you're drafting prospects, you know, like we talked about with uh, Malik Willis, even though I feel like Ritter is ready to play right now, I'll take, you know, uh, Willis first because he is the prospect of the two. Raymond, to me, is the prospect of the two because he, you know, still learning how to play tackle, you know, transition from, you know, tight end to playing tackle and look competent uh, this season, even though his teammate is really good, too. But also, he played well down at the Senior Bowl, so he's growing in the right direction. So you still have some growth potential with him. So I would take him over Penning, although Penning, I think, is a really good prospect in his own right. Um, Let's get to the inside, guys. And, man, I, I was impressed by this guy, and it seems like he's crushed every part of the process and he's your number one guard, Zion Johnson from Boston College. Yeah, and one of the few in the draft class that I gave a 90 grade to, which is future all-pro type, right? Because I don't give those out often. You you only have a few in, the, in a class. Uh, he's one of the few. Um, and I'm talking about a handful, maybe like five. And he's one of those guys uh, because he was outstanding just watching him on film. And he could play any one of the three positions, tackle, guard, or center. Uh, I know he got some center work down at the Senior Bowl. Um, but when you go back and watch the Missouri game, like every big run they had against Missouri came on the left side where he was just opening, you know, doors for the running back and it's just vacating space. He's quick off the ball. He's technically sound. He's dynamic on both ends of offense. He's a smart football player. He, to me, is the – I think he's the number one overall offensive lineman in the draft class that doesn't surprise me at all um he's it feels like he's been a prospect for years too i was he a guy that people thought would come out last year i feel like i've heard his name for a long time yeah they thought he was going to come out last year uh but he, he ended up going back uh, i don't know why he didn't come out i don't know if his his initial draft grade was because i thought he was projected to go in the first round last year and decided to go back. And so, you know, so yeah, he's been on the radar for, for a while. Him and uh, Lindstrom, the, the younger Lindstrom, um, that, that you know, is also in his class as well as the center. Any other inside guys uh, or guards that you really like, whether it's 
Kennard from Kentucky or Kenyon Green from A&M. It felt like before the year, Kenyon Green was the guy getting all the love. I don't know what happened there. Yeah, and he's solid. He's my number two guard. Um, I like him a lot. But I, I think Zach Tom is someone that I've been very impressed with uh, after watching this film. Some people view him as a tackle. I see him as a guard. I like his footwork. I think his footwork is is phenomenal. Um, granted, because again, that's why people see him as a tackle because of his footwork. But I like him on the inside. This you know this dude is is smart. Never fooled by stunts and twists up front, and that's huge because you're gonna see a lot of games a lot of times at the NFL level. Um, so he's a smart football player and has the feet to to really match uh, what he's gonna face the, in terms of the quickness on the interior. So I'm a big Zach Tom fan. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes in round one, too. Wow. All right. Um, what about at center? Uh, let's get to uh, Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, I think everybody has him as their top center. I'll say this. As a former offensive lineman, that guy is fun to watch. I mean, he is really, really fun to watch. Uh, he reminds me of all, like, sort of the old school athletic centers oh it's really not even that old school you know he reminded me of jason kelsey yeah he reminds me of nice nice, uh you know smaller center but dominates bigger guys feet never stop moving he's always able to climb to the second level um he's athletic so i think when you're athletic as a center you're able to do more offensively you know your playbook is entirely open you can get creative in the run game because your center is able to get out and around on pulls and traps and things of that nature and, and really help aid that process. Um, and I think because he has that experience, it's almost like we talk when we talk about how I, how I like uh, sight unseen prospects. So Iowa offensive lineman, I'm all in. Utah D lineman and defensive backs, fine. You know, so sign me up. You know what I mean? So um, San Diego State running backs, I'm all in. Defensive backs, perfect. Uh, so Iowa with, with Linderbaum, he's been consistent throughout the process, and he is the number one center. But I would also say watching film, I, I didn't expect Cole Strange out of uh, Chattanooga to be right there nipping at his heels. I was blown away with how consistent he was on film and how he looked at the Senior Bowl. Tell me more about him. Well, you talk about someone that, uh, you know, combine invite, uh, Senior Bowl you know, performer can play guard or center. Some even say he could play tackle. He's six five, so he's a taller center, but he's quick off the ball, great recognition skills, excellent player. Um, and when you talk about playing in the SOCOM, you're you're talking about one of the better uh point of attack leagues. I know people bring up the Missouri Valley Conference. I think that's more of a team thing. Um, but when you're talking about point of attack, you're gonna see quicker, you know, uh Interior defensive linemen, you're going to see guys that play really good at the point of attack. You talk about your Furmans, your Citadels, uh, your VMIs. You know, those teams really hold their own up front, Western Carolina. But Strange is someone, you know, he's he's functionally strong. He has good strength. And he showed at the senior bowl that he's able to step up in that level of competition and play well. And especially when when you think Chattanooga, they played Kentucky this year. He, he really, you know, excelled. In that game, and I think that's the game that he would probably point to and say, "Hey, go check out the Kentucky tape against that defensive line with those defensive interior defensive linemen, and see how well I handle business." Let's get to some of your sleepers, Emery. Nobody does it better than you do. 
Uh, give me a, a sleeper offensive lineman. David Kroll out of Delaware. And, you know, it's funny, and we talk about the process a lot, Ross, when you're watching, you know, how I watch positions, I'll grade one position all the way through. So it kind of trains your eye to – once you go from – once you see what an Evan Neal is and then you see what the other prospects are, you kind of have a gauge on what works. And someone like David Kroll was was – eye-popping and how excellent he was. He he one probably one of the more technically sound offensive linemen in the class. And his technique was tremendous. Go watch the Rutgers game and how well he handled their defensive line was something that stood out to me. They ran all over Rutgers uh that day. Uh, they didn't get the upset, but their their run game was tremendous. I thought Crow did a really good job and someone that's gonna be on a roster uh come training camp. Any other sleepers? I would say the two guards from uh, North Carolina, Joshua Zudu and Marcus McKeithen. I was surprised at how good the offensive line was, contrary to popular belief um, from uh, the outside media about you know Sam Howell's play. But those two guards really excelled. And when I was at the NFLPA game, like yo, these dudes can play. And then you go back and watch the film, and they checked off boxes. You know how you know, athletic they are, how big they are. These some big dudes that can move, and they can also clear out space in the run game. So I thought both guards, uh, Izudu um, and uh, McKeithen, were really surprisingly talented, uh, and they both are in my top 10 guards. It actually back-to-back on how I have them ranked, but they were, to me, some of the more underrated players that no one's talking about. UNC had a really good offensive line, in my opinion, based on how those dudes was blocking. Just got to ask you, I'm curious what you think of the big boy for Minnesota. I, I worry about the weight. You know, um, if he can control that, not saying that, you know, it's a it was a problem at, at uh, Minnesota, but you, you wonder, you know, in the NFL, he dropped some weight. He got down to, I think, 387 uh, for the combine. Is he going to trend in that direction? Or is he going to hold steady at 387 or is he going to, you know, creep back upwards toward 400? Because I think that can be a hindrance because you're 400 plus pounds, you know, and you're going against, let's say, a Von Miller. I know that's an extreme case, but Von Miller is what, 245, 250? Like you got to be able to be able to be quick out there. And granted, yeah, he was able to hold down some, some pass rushers, but <clears throat> we're talking about, uh, Big 10 pass rushers. We're not talking about SEC pass rushers or Pac-12 pass rushers. So I worry about the weight and if he's going to continue to, to you know drop or hold steady or creep up forward. But he can play, but I know the weight has to be a bit of a concern. Check him out on social media at FBall Game Plan on Twitter. He's Football Game Plan on YouTube. We are YouTube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, the draft guide. It's time. You got a couple weeks before the draft. Make sure you get it now. Over a thousand, the biggest draft guide in the history of draft guides, footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide. Love getting the tweets to at Ross Tucker NFL or at Ross Tucker pod or Emery at F ball game plan with you guys showing your receipts for getting the draft guide. And if you get one, 
You can ask Emery any question you want here on the show. Just send it to me, Ross at RossTucker.com. You got a specific prospect? You don't even need to ask it, actually, now that I'm talking to myself right now, because it's already in the draft guide. So why would you ask a question if you bought the draft guide because he's got the answer to every guy in the draft guide? So my my little giveaway right there I just came up with spur of the moment makes absolutely no sense. There can be no question because all of the questions are answered in said draft guide. So maybe you should ask your question and then buy the draft guide because then you'll be in better shape. Anyway, I need to stop talking. He's Emery. I'm Ross. The keg is kicked. We're done. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. A lot of times on the show, I mentioned DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 